0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. How can you be sure you're going to heaven? Did you know that the Lord is reserving places for people even now? But that requires that you look beyond this life to the next and make an important decision now in this life. This decision will lead to God writing your name down in His heavenly reservation book, and He has promised to bring home safely everyone written in His book. In Daniel chapter 12, the prophet has seen the end of the world in the distant future, and he is old with not much time left, so the Lord comforts him. Here's Pastor Jim in part two of his message, The Day God Fixes Everything.
1: So as you trust in the Lord over time, you begin to see as hard as it might be and as senseless as it might seem, that no trial is really wasted and God allows certain things as needed. In other words, God is not wasting your time. God is not going to waste his time. But sometimes painful things need to happen in our lives to make us more like Jesus and to help us trust more. Let me give you an example to you, par- to you parents. Many of you have had this experience. You're a parent and you have a little one. And you tell them, we're going to the doctor. And if you're good, you promise them some reward. Why you get a good reward for being good is beyond me, but let's forget about that. And does your kid like the doctor? No. They still got the trauma from the last shot they got. They don't want to go to the doctor. And so you're taking them there and they are whining and crying up like, you hate me, you hate me. But they need to go to the doctor. They need to go to the doctor and it may hurt, but it's needed. You see, your role, my role as a child of God is to trust and obey our heavenly father when we really don't understand. In other words, and this is not easy, God wants us to give up control to him. Do we have any control freaks here in the audience? Yeah, I don't, so weird. Last, week, last service, they were all sitting on this side. This service, they're all on that side. <laughs> the, the ushers got like, control freaks. <laughs> <laughs> No, they just don't want to admit it. They just don't want to admit it. So God wants us to to give up control to him. And and, and you can because you can when you know how much he loves you. And you can when you know that he is good, but just not kind of good. But he's perfectly good. So what's my part? Do nothing? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We persevere in faith and trust, but that's not faking it. That's bold confidence that a follower of Jesus is empowered by the grace of God to continue to follow him. Now, let's talk about what that looks like. I don't want, I'm going I'm gonna, to gonna talk about the picture that's not in your head. What does that look like? Sometimes it looks very tearful. Sometimes it's saying to God, I just don't understand. But I trust that you do. Sometimes you're going to be very fearful. That All that stuff does not mean, remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? All that stuff does not mean that you are not trusting the Lord. I know some of your well-meaning friends will tell you that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. And, and you don't have to necessarily like it. you ever have something going on in your life and you tell God, I don't like this? Well, don't worry. I tell him enough for all of you. But it is helpful to flip the coin over and say, Lord, I don't like this, but... But will you help me experience your love and your presence and your wisdom in the midst of this? When when you and I, when we when we trust in a sovereign God in a time of trouble, like Daniel says here, a time of distress and a time of anguish, hopefully we'll begin to see that it's not random. That God has a plan, it will come to pass. And God has plans for developing us and making us stronger in the meantime. So why is all this so important? Well, look at the end of verse one. Because a certain day is coming and or but at that time, what time? The time of the end, your people shall be delivered. Some versions say rescued. Everyone who is found written in the book. Now, this passage is written well over 500 years before Jesus Christ is born, and it was meant then and now to enlarge the hearts of God's people, to help us to really see things differently. At the same time, and I don't want you to think that I have not been aware of you. If you are not a follower of Jesus, If you're sitting here, you're in another place in the building, you're watching online, you're listening on the radio, wherever. Welcome. Glad that you're here. But God wants you to really think about your life. Beyond today. Beyond tomorrow. Even Beyond the grave, Daniel again probably getting close up to ninety. People of God have been back in Jerusalem about two years. The ones that went, not many of them went. They like fine living in Babylon. We like the pagan life, man. Party on. They were having trouble getting up there, getting the city rebuilt. Daniel knows he's not going home, but the Lord holds out to Daniel what the hope of eternity. And in the Bible, hope is not like, well, I kind of hope that works out for you. No, no, hope is certainty. So here God throws his people a lifeline of hope, a lifeline of certainty in a very difficult time, a reason for joy in the midst of despair and the midst of brokenness. So what is it? The creator of the cosmos promises to rescue his people promises to bring them home and who's he going to bring home he says it right here in the end of the verse everyone who is found written in the book Did you ever go to some place and you thought you had a reservation they're like no you don't have a reservation you're not in the book you're not in the computer do you want that to happen to you when you go to heaven hey I am here uh, yeah. <laughs> Lucky you guys, I'm here. And they're like, nope, sorry, sorry. Did the computer crash? No, this is heaven. That doesn't happen up here. That doesn't happen. Isn't that, maybe the internet's down. Nope, doesn't happen up here. Doesn't happen up here. Maybe the handwriting in the book is wrong. Nope, nope, doesn't happen up here. No, you have no reservation. Can't get in, sorry. That's what, the, that's what he's talking about. Everyone who is found written in the book. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends the apostles out. They're doing all kinds of miracles and great stuff, man. They're all jacked up. They're jazzed. They come back. They're bragging at Jesus, all the stuff that God did through them. And, And Jesus is like, hey, 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 success is fine. If you're successful in what you do, Great, and you measure what success is. Don't let everybody else tell you what success is. Success is fine, Jesus says, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that you have a reservation. Rejoice that there's a room booked for you. In fact, in in the New Testament, it calls it the book of life. It's the Lord's book that contains all the names of the people who put their trust in. In God's Messiah, the Lord Jesus. in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to the Messiah coming. We're looking back to the, the Messiah having been here, the Lord Jesus, and those are the people who will enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus, rising from the dead, guarantees and gives confidence for the future to all who've put their faith and trust in Jesus. Verse two, Daniel goes on. "And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth, what is that? That's the grave shall awake. What's that? That's resurrection. Some to everlasting life. Some of your versions say to eternal life. In other words, life with the Lord in heaven. But some to shame and everlasting contempt. So verse two gives further confidence to God's true people and answers the question about the people who are not God's true people. In the Bible, sleeping is a metaphor for death. But the Bible teaches that death is not permanent, that all people will awake. Now, the scripture teaches that we're absent from the body and present with the Lord, but it seems like we won't get our resurrected body till later. So theologians call that the intermediate state. And some of us have a problem picturing that. And let me tell you why we do. It's the same reason we have trouble with the whole next life thing. Because we think that we are a body with a spirit and a soul. When in reality, we are a spirit and a soul with a body. That's the problem. The essence of who you are is not your body. Some of you are like, "Thank God, this thing is falling apart." <laughs> that is not the that is not the essence of who you are. So we, he says, right here, that that some will be resurrected. And here's the most important question, really, you could ever ask yourself. Some to everlasting life, or others to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, we think of all kinds of people in this world, right? The Bible, remember we studied Matthew's gospel? It was always two people. There was always two groups. The people who trust in Jesus, and the people who don't. There's no place where you go where it's kind of like, well, they didn't really trust in Jesus, but they were kind of decent, and maybe they'll get in. That was invented by men centuries later. And what Daniel is simply saying, and Jesus said it all the time, part of the reason why they couldn't stand him. And I'm, I'm going to say something that they say to pastors Don't say this to people anymore. Don't say it. I listen sometimes to people reading sermons from people in the 1600s. You're like, oh, that sounds really exciting. An afternoon with Pastor Jim. Um, But (laughs) I listen to those sermons and I think people could never give those today. People would just get up and walk out. And these are sermons a lot of times that evangelists were giving to people who didn't believe. They would get up and walk out and they're telling us today, don't say this to people. So I am going to say this. And the reason I'm going to say it is I love you too much not to say it. And if everybody leaves, so be it. So be it. I have to stand before God. And I am a billion times more afraid of him than I am of any person. And the reality is this. And Daniel just told us, Jesus said it over and over again, the apostle said it over again, it's all over the pages of the Bible. When you die, you will end up in either heaven or hell. There is no in between. There is no in between. And when God became a man and did all those miracles and rose from the dead, Jesus is saying, I'm showing you that it's true. I'm showing you that it's true. The angel told Joseph, he will come and he will save his people from their sins. Verse two looks forward to what some call the great separation day. When God separates his people from the people of the world. And that's what God's going to do. And so the question is, I, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I really want you to think about it. Where are you going to end up? Where are you going to end up? Some of you are looking forward to that day. Some of you are not. Some of you could care less, honestly. You're here, why? Your mother dragged you here like she dragged you to the doctor. Now she's, she's dragging you here. You're like, this is mom and dad's thing. This is not my thing. This is not my thing. Or, or you're like, man, I'm so busy. I get to church once a month. I should have come when he yucks it up with the parents, the grandparents, man. This is, I don't wanna hear this stuff. Or some of us are saying, well, my life has been so hard. Surely God is going to let me do whatever I want to do. And in the end, he's going to forgive everybody. There's not one shred of evidence of that, that he's going to do that. Others of you, and this is the scariest group of all. See, if you're offended right now at what I said, I'm actually really glad. Because I remember the first time somebody told me that, I was like, dude, mellow out. But this is the group that scares me the most. Church people, church people. They go to church. A lot of them are nasty as all get out. They go to church, but they're really not part of the people of God. You know what they call them in the uh, Old Testament? They call them the mixed multitude. (laughs) They're like the the kind of tag alongs like, oh, we're getting out of this place. Well, Egypt, we're going with you, Moses. No problem. Complain the whole way, but we'll go and they'll be separated at the end. Now, some of you might actually be, in this sense, like I was. I went to religious school for 12 years. I come from a clergy family. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know whether nobody told me or I was just thick as a brick, probably a little bit of both. I just didn't know. I just didn't know. Now you do. So we have to understand it a little bit. I love the way the Apostle Paul puts it in Acts 17, verse 30 and 31. He says, truly, he's talking to a bunch of people who, who, who were searching after God, but hadn't met him yet. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. What does that mean? To turn to God. To admit, hey, I've been living my back to you, but now I'm going to turn to you. Because he has appointed a day. What day is that? The day of separation. And that will be either by death or by Jesus' return, on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this. We know it's the guy. He's given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And that, of course, my unbelieving friend, or let's put it this way, my yet to believe friend, that is Jesus Christ. So maybe, just maybe, today is your appointed day. I was church people for the first 18 years of my life. They made us go in our school. And then that was it. I'll, I'll, out of there, man. I'm gone. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I went to a church like this and I'm like, where have I been? And God had for me an appointed day. And maybe today is your appointed day. And if you feel the pull, but you're, you're like, no, 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 I'm gonna tell you something, you will not win. Trust me, as someone who tried to fight it, you're not gonna win. Everyone is gonna leave here today with one of two positions. It's just gonna be one of two. Either you're going to be trusting in Jesus or you're gonna reject, be rejecting Jesus. There's, there's no middle ground. The vision continues, verse three. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Now, what's What's the firmament? It's the sky. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. I think a lot of people right now feel that their sadness here on earth, they're kind of like, why bother? They kind of feel it's like kind of the end of the story. I mean, you have so many people quitting work right now. Did you know that? We live in what's called the great resignation. That's what they call it. People are just quitting their job. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I quit. Okay, why? Could we, you know, exit interview, why? I don't feel fulfilled. Really, you've only been here three weeks. I don't feel like I'm making a contribution. You've only been here two days. You're still in training. I understand that, you know, years ago, if, I just always think of telling my, gra- my grandfather, I want a job where I feel fulfilled. He's like, no, you want a job where you eat. But, but maybe it's not the job. Maybe it's just you're not fulfilled. Daniel counters with the wise will look beyond that to the Lord and find their satisfaction in him. That doesn't mean life won't be hard. But it means that you're not looking for your satisfaction in a job. Nothing wrong with loving your job. I hope you love your job. I, I haven't gone to work in so many years. You're like, well, you're a pastor. You don't work. We understand that. No, but I, I owned companies and I, I don't go to work. It's not work to me. A couple days I've had in the past two years where it's felt like work. I'm like, ew, is this what it feels like? You know? But normally, I, most of my life, I get up. and I, I always say, I hear trumpets in the morning. I, can't, I couldn't, couldn't wait to go. C.S. Lewis wrote these words. Oh, this brother could write. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Have you ever thought of something like that? Have you ever thought that your dissatisfaction with this world is because you are a pilgrim? What are pilgrims? Pilgrims are people who don't, they're not home. They're they're on their way home. So maybe your dissatisfaction is that this world is not your home. You're a citizen of heaven. Some of you are like, well, I'm not so sure I buy all that stuff. Well, if you sang the first song, you sang it in that one too citizens of heaven above, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you still sense the emptiness of this life. You still sense that that there has to be more than this. Whenever I talk to somebody who says, you go in the ground and you die and that's it. I always say, "Then, then why do you live your life the way you do? I mean, really, if this is it, most people lead just kind of like ordinary lives. There's nothing wrong with ordinary lives, but if this is it, I would die of boredom. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus, you might say to yourself, the problem I have is that there seems like there's more to this life, but I don't know what it is. Let me tell you what it is. Ecclesiastes 3:11 God has put eternity in your heart. That's what he did. He put eternity in your heart so you really can't find true lifelong satisfaction in this world. You can't. You might find it for a couple weeks, a couple years couple decades, maybe even. But ultimately, there's that knowing feeling inside of you that there must be more than this. Augustine put it this way. Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. I mean, no wonder there are so many people that are so broken. No wonder there are so many people that are so dissatisfied with this life, even followers of Jesus are looking for satisfaction in so many of the wrong places.
0: Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey, Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.